tonight on the Midnight Train Podcast. The train derails at the West Virginia State Penitentiary. Is it haunted? Are there ghosts afoot? Is the deep, deep hills of West Virginia just the armpit of the world? Or is there truly something haunted going on here? So sit back, grab your drink, put the kids to bed and let's get spooky. Welcome to the Midnight Train. This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. All aboard! So hello out there. And if you are new here, welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light to all of our regular listeners out there. Welcome back, you spooky bastards. From paranormal to pseudoscientific, nothing is out of bounds. We are recording this episode from the Midnight Train Station here in Olmstead Township, Ohio. I am your conductor of the uncanny, Jonathan Sayer. And with me, as always, is the engineer of the unearthly, Mr. Jeffrey Butchko. How are you, sir? hey Actually, really good. And I just want to mention today, we are pet-friendly. I have my emotional support dog here in the studio <laughs> um, in case I have an anxiety attack. So she will keep me calm. That's and right. I have my safe space. She's, I got a little bit of Play-Doh, some coloring books, and I have my bubble, a personal space. And, and no triggers. No triggers nice. yet. Yet. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Um, yeah, we have uh, our uh, the station dog in here with us right now. That's little Miss Charlotte. Can you bark? Nah, she doesn't really bark, dude. I mean, look at her. She's looking yeah, at you she's like... she's looking at me like Cujo. Yeah, like, she's looking at you like, you got any food? Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's so awesome. And of course, with us... Across from me, the switchman of the superstitious and captain of the quick check, Riley Sayre. What's happening, dude? Not too much, guys. What's going on with you? Uh, um, you know, just doing this thing, this this podcast. You're gonna fall asleep this time? Not if you guys are entertaining. If you do, can I do like the jump scare? <laughs> Can't to, promise to scare you. Yes, please. Yeah. Every time. Why every didn't time. you do it last time? Yeah, that is. Yeah, you usually do it when he's not sleeping. Yeah, I felt kind of bad because you know. If you guys don't remember, uh, quite a few episodes back, Riley fell asleep, and it was the Browns' home opener, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it was and day. they lost miserably, as they always do, Oh, geez. Well, by the way. And so they he, didn't win. They, they won last week. They beat a demoralized third-string Jets yeah. pretty, well, pretty handily. Yeah. So anyways, he we'll fell asleep. <laughs> too, too much beer, too much, you know, emotions running high, adrenaline levels it probably. It really warm in here. I had, had your <laughs> yeah. guys' silky smooth voices caressing me sultry, to sleep. Sultry voices. Yes. That's yes, right. very nice. So that's I kind of right. felt like, you know what, I'll just let him have his moment. And that's what happened. All right. Well, he's, he's awake and he's drinking water and he's got a burr in his hand, so he should be all right. So do us a favor and, of course, head over to themidnighttrainpodcast.com and sign up for the Midnight Bonus Train <laughs> for bonus episodes, including but not limited to our drunken movie reviews. You can also listen to all of our regular episodes, buy some super sweet merchandise like our collector's posters that you can actually see behind us and right behind if you see us talking. Yeah, whatever. Like, oh, well, actually, we don't have video for this one. So in well, all you'll of, see them on other videos. In a, yeah, and all of our normal podcasts, you can see them behind us. And we'll actually sign the ones for you guys, too. So if you guys happen to pick one up, 
They're like five bucks, whatever. And By pretty, the way, for you hackers cool. out there, um, just so you know, I will make my signature not like my normal signature, so you will not be able to forge it and steal all my money on my bank account. Just want to let that be known. Man, you, Moody, you know they will. And, and, they will. and Chris just belong on an island together. What yeah. the hell? He I mean, says I'd that now. That he says that now, but then someone buys a poster, we sign it and sell it, and the next thing you know, he's got negative zero or <laughs> negative zero. Does that make sense? He's got negative zero, <laughs> negative in, your zero in your bank account. You're like, well, how did this happen? It's like, well, it was a goddamn That's hilarious. midnight train posters. Now, remember now, you can always um, you know, go onto our web... Um, our web the, the, the go on web. our web page yes. on the internet. You can go to uh, the, the website, and there's all kinds of cool stuff there, and if you happen to you know buy something or whatever, it really does help us to kind of keep doing this and get extra stuff stuff and you know yada 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 keeps keeps the train rolling baby. we got to put riley through school guys yeah we got to finish you know yeah. the good riley. deed right also uh please subscribe like rate us on your favorite podcast platform and most importantly share the midnight train to everyone word of mouth is how we're going to keep the steam in these motherfucking engines and keep bringing you continuous content also go to our youtube page where you can uh, see our beautiful faces or again you can go to the website it's on there too so now and saying all that, Jeff, let's get spooky. Where are we headed today? All right, I'm going to try my best with this. So today we are heading to the West Virginia State Penitentiary. 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 And that's where we're going. State pen. That's yeah, how I'm going to say pen. it for the rest of the time. That, that's pretty good. That's a good one. <laughs> penitentiary is a, it's a kind of a tricky word. It is. Yeah, penitentiary. It's a tongue twister. So now... Um, this one is kind of a, uh, um, uh, the reason I wanted to do this one is because, well, first and foremost, there's, you know, supposedly it's haunted and everything else. Uh, secondly, I am from West Virginia. The family's from West Virginia, God down there. Um, our buddy Isaiah is from down there. Crazy old Isaiah. Oh, he is. Yeah. He's from down there. He's from deep down there though. And then, um, not only that, but I actually had, uh, one of our listeners request this one. Really? So yeah. So Barry and whoever else requested this, which I don't have my notes in front of me. Uh, hopefully we don't fuck it up too much for you. Um, so let's get this going. First and foremost, before we start, Riley, crack of the brew. Yeah, yeah. Here's to a good episode, boys. Yeah. What is the weirdest <laughs> what the shit? What the hell was that? <laughs> it's just the weirdest fucking thing. That's the internet. See, in you music see the form. way this dude is dressed too. Like the guy that's doing this, he's like some European singer, and that's how he does. He scats. It's kind of like a Boy George meets Annie Lennox meets I An don't know, David Bowie, just <laughs> weird mashup. All right, so we're taking the train to uh, West Virginia here. So the West Virginia Pen is a Gothic-style prison located in Moundsville, West Virginia, now withdrawn and retired from prison use. It operated from 1876 to 1995. Currently, that's a long time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Currently, the site is maintained as a tourist attraction and training facility, which you can literally go on and get a tour of this place and you can go check it out and they'll show you all the crazy shit like uh, the pictures and whatnot. But OK, so <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm thinking here, 76 to 95. Do you have stats in here of like how many prisoners it actually held? Well, let's keep going and I'll let you know. But I, I'm excited. Yeah, I, you should suspense be. Suspense is killing me. You should be. Now, in the town of Moundsville, West Virginia, Penn, the, the West Virginia Pen can be found on the corner of Jefferson and 8th Street. From I-70, take Route 2 south to Moundsville, turn left on 8th Street, and the penitentiary is two blocks away. Turn left here. <laughs> Figured if you guys want to go check it out, it's not too, uh, you know, if it's not too far away from you. So in 1863, West Virginia seceded from Virginia at the height of the American Civil War. 
Consequently, the new state had a shortage of various public institutions, including prisons. From 1863 to 1866, Governor Arthur I. Borman lobbied the West Virginia legislature for a state pen, but was reportedly denied, or repeatedly denied, sorry. The legislature at first directed him to send the prisoners to other institutions out of state, and then they directed him to use existing county jails, which turned out to be inadequate. <laughs> Just telling me to slow down. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's like the micro machine guys, if you guys remember. That. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's what happens. Sorry, I apologize. So after nine inmates escaped in 1865, the local press took up the cause and the legislature took action. Not only that, but you remember how much money these places get for, you know, having um prisons and shit. Like the the state gets a ton of money from that. So Oh yeah, they get everything. Like even like the license plates, you know? And I'm familiar with that because I actually work in a sign printing business. Right. And Do you make license plates? We could. We have the capability, oh. but we don't because the government automatically bids it to the prison system. Really? And you cannot compete with it. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That's why you you always see like in old movies where they're pressing license plates yeah. in, in jail. They get that job every time, everywhere. And then you got to go pay $60 for it. Yeah. You got to pay for, for a that. piece of metal that's being of made that. yeah. by, a, by someone who killed somebody. A prisoner who makes like three cents a day. Uh huh. Isn't it? Anyway, we're not going to get into that. Um, all right. So on uh, February 7th, uh, 1866, the state legislature approved the purchase of land in Moundsville for the purpose of constructing a state prison. Ten acres were per, uh, purchased just outside the then city limits of Moundsville for three thousand dollars. That's a steal. Now, 1866, three thousand dollars. Riley, what are we looking at in today's money? A lot. <laughs> I'll get back to you on All right. this. Moundsville proved an attractive site as it is approximately 12 miles south of Wheeling, West Virginia. So it's pretty much I've right. I've heard of Wheeling. Yeah. Wheeling's like right over the border from yeah. um, Ohio, uh, which at that time was the state capital. The state built a temporary wooden prison nearby that summer. This gave prison officials time to access what prison design should be used. So a wooden prison, like you're talking like spikes, like posts, like back in the day where they had the spiky posts. And like you ever look at the like a, a like a, an old prison, like an Western. Yeah. Kind of like that, like a, or a jailhouse, kind of like that. Nice. So it was mostly just wooden. Uh, they had chosen a modified version of the design, excuse me, of Northern Illinois Penitentiary. Pen, pen, damn it, at Juliet. If you guys ever want to research something, Juliet is... Yeah, that's a crazy one, too. It's gothic revival architecture exhibited as much as possible, great strength, and conveyed to the mind a cheerless blank indicative... A cheerless blank indicative of the misery which awaits the unhappy being who enters within its walls. Wow. So basically, they wanted it to look fucked up so you felt fucked up when you got sent there. That's crazy. Yeah. So the first building constructed on the site was the North Wagon Gate. It was made with hand-cut sandstone, which was quarried from a local site. The state used prison labor during the construction process. Of course they did. And work continued on um, this first phase until 1876. When completed, the total cost was for uh, $363,061. This is back in 1863. So 1866, you know, they spent $3,000 on that land? Yeah. That would be $52,000 today. Damn. So this is going to be a lot more than that. Uh, in addition to the North Wagon Gate, there was now North and South cell block areas, both measuring 300 foot by 52 foot. South Hall had 224 cells, which were 7 by 4 foot. And North Hall had a kitchen, dining area, hospital, and chapel. A four-story tower connected the two. connecting the two was the administration building. It included space for female inmates and personal living quarters for the warden and his family. Got to keep them females away from the males. You know. So, how would you like to be the warden's kid? 
<laughs> hanging out with the yeah. inmates like yeah I, I, like, I live in prison even though i didn't do anything mm-hmm. i was born into it i feel like that kid is probably the most targeted person in that entire prison oh yeah every time you sure. walk down the hall like they're looking at him like i'm gonna cut your fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> mommy yeah <laughs> um the uh facility officially opened uh in this year and uh, or, or of that year and um it had a, a prison population of 251 male inmates including some who had helped construct the prison where they were incarcerated. After this phase, work began on prison workshops and other secondary facilities. So you get arrested for something. It's like a dig your own grave thing. And they're like, well, you're going to help us build this boy. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, son of a bitch. You know what? Though? I'm not mad at that. Cause you know, no. that should be that way. If you're Put them instead work. of charging the taxpayers and spending their money on shit like this, freaking make them, make them do it. They committed the crime. Put them to work. So in addition to construction, the inmates had other jobs to do in support of the prison. In the early 1900s, some industries within the prison walls and within the prison walls, excuse me, included a carpentry shop, a paint shop, a wagon shop, a stone yard, a brickyard, a blacksmith, a tailor, a bakery and a hospital. So they're basically making their own little town inside this yeah. thing. You know what I mean? I'm um, a prison carpenter. <laughs> where'd you learn to do that? Prison. Yeah. At the same time, revenue from the prison farm and inmate labor helped the uh, the prison financially. It was virtually self-sufficient. A prison coal mine located a mile away opened in 1921. This mine helped fill some of the prison's energy needs and save the state an estimated $14,000 a year in their money. Um, so some inmates were allowed to stay at the mine's camp under the supervision of a mine foreman who was not a prison employee. So they were basically out there with a shotgun like, no, you go ahead and down there in that mine. And then they come back up and they go, you go ahead and go to bed, boy. This sounds like the synopsis of Mad Max. You know, it's like its own functioning. Oh, like, yeah. Cult. yeah. Yeah. So uh, now here's where conditions at the prison during the turn of the 20th century were good, according to a warden's report, which stated that both the quantity and the quality of all the purchases of material, food and clothing have been very gradually but steadily uh, improved while the discipline has become more nearly perfect in the exact exaction of labor less stringent. I love how they talked back then. You know, like yeah, I got to say both the quantity and the quality of all the purchases of material, food and clothing have been very gradually but steadily improved while the discipline has become more nearly perfect and the exaction of labor less stringent. He's sound like the uh, what's it the rooster from the Looney Tunes? What's his name? No, that's uh Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. He talk yeah. a little bit more like this boy. <laughs> yeah. I can always do that on that one next time. That's better. Yeah, I okay. like that. What it's, about Yuri? I mean, would he be around in this? Well, side? Yuri says, oh, don't, I, I, don't, "I don't like prisons." You know, I don't. I'm not going to go to prison. I, I you know, I'm Yuri. Like Indian I'm Yuri. again with the look. Yeah, he, every doesn't, time. he doesn't like that. It's awesome. <laughs> Education was a priority for the inmates during this time. They regularly attended class, which is kind of cool, uh, especially for back in the time. Construction of a school and library was completed in 1900 to help reform and educate inmates. However, the conditions of the prison worsened through the years, and the facility would be ranked on the United States Department of Justice's top 10 most violent correctional facilities list. Why do they have that list? <laughs> I mean, they have lists for everything, right? One of the more infamous locations in the prison with instances of gambling, fighting, and raping was a recreation room known as the Sugar Shack, and we'll talk about that later. A notable inmate in the early 20th century was labor activist Eugene V. Debs who served time here from April 13th to June 14th, 1919, at which time he was transferred to an Atlanta prison on charges of violating the Espionage Act of 1917. Now, back then, man, that that's that's death. 
that was uh, treason, right? Right. Like, if you get popped for that, dude, that's it. You're, you're dead. Yeah, you're a spy, you know? and they call you, it's done. <laughs> Uncle Sam says, that's right. it, buddy. You're done. Um, in 1929, the state decided to double the size of the penitentiary because overcrowding was a problem. The five by seven foot cells were too small to hold three prisoners at a time. Five by seven. This room in here is what? 12 by 12. I think roughly. All right. So Mm, it's probably 20. You think? Yeah. Your garages are usually 20. Okay. So it's 20 by 20. Yeah. So think about that real fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Five that's by seven. Small. Five that's, by seven is almost the size of this table. Right. That's small, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, but until the expansion, there were no other options. So you had three people basically sleeping on top of each other. Two prisoners would sleep in the bunks with the third sleeping on a mattress on the floor. The state used prison labor again and completed this phase of construction in 1959. The construction had been delayed by a steel shortage during World War II. In total, 36 homicides took place in the prison. Shocker. Yeah. One of the more notable ones is the butchering of R.D. Wall, inmate number 4460. On October 8, 1929, after snitching on his fellow inmates, he was attacked while heading to the boiler room by three prisoners with dull shivs. In 1983, convicted multiple murderer Charles Manson requested to be transferred to the prison to be uh, near to his family. While his request was denied, the handwritten letter can still be seen on display when you tour the prison. So that's kind of wow, neat. Yeah. You know? I mean, oh, freaking crazy charlie manson yeah dude fucking oh man i've listened to so many like uh episodes of you know podcasts and stuff about him or just watching tv shows that dude is a fucking just a whack didn't he just die like two years ago yes recently he he definitely did die <laughs> and everyone's like yay yeah. you know which is so funny that this dude and not to get off on a tangent here but it's so funny that charles manson is just notoriously known for being an evil motherfucker but never ever killed anyone do you find it funny that he's got his hand in everything? Like we've talked about like him and the Beach Boys and like the music industry and all like this. Like he's just he seems to pop up everywhere. You notice that? Well, he was he was a man of of action. Look yeah. at I mean, you said that it's weird that he's infamous for but for all this terrible violent stuff but never kill anybody. Adolf Hitler never killed anyone either. But he's known for the, like the infamous violence and all that stuff. Yeah, too. but he was a leader, though. You know, like but Charlie Manson was the leader too. Right? Charlie Manson was a leader. Yeah, yeah. he was well, a leader on a smaller role. scale, obviously. Yeah. Well, but in a similar vein. Yeah, that's so, true. I guess it makes sense why he's so infamous. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, no, I get what you're saying, but yeah, yeah it, it it's just weird to me that uh, you know everyone's like, oh, I guess you could technically compare the two. To be honest with you, Hitler yeah. and him, they're both. Yeah. It was both cults of personality, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the cult of personality. Do, 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 do. <laughs> like Mussolini. There was a movie on um Netflix for a while. They're called, I think it was the the Last Shift or something like that. And it was about a woman who works in a police station that was moving. Like it was the last night for that police station, and like all the prisoners had been taken out or whatever. And like the ghosts of of Charlie Manson and like a bunch of his cult followers are like in the building with her and like how bad was this movie it was really bad okay but then the ending was actually kind of messed like it was cool it was actually kind of messed up i'll have to check that one out you should see what the score on rotten tomatoes is on right now yeah so prison breaks on wednesday november 7th 1979 15 prisoners escaped from the prison one of the escapees was ronald turney williams serving time for murdering sergeant david Lilly of the beckley police department now i'm very familiar with beckley from down there on May 12, 1975, he managed to steal a prison guard service weapon in the escape and upon reaching the streets of Moundsville, entered 23-year-old off-duty West Virginia State Trooper 
Philip S. Kesner encountered, not entered. Ooh, that was a that'd be a totally different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, he he encountered go out well. and he Break entered him. <laughs> he entered him. No, by the way, the movie has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Out of how many reviews? It's just like one. One. Let me see. I'll look at it right now. So, um, basically, he 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 encountered this uh, Philip Kessner who was driving past six. Six. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the prison with his wife. And uh, Trooper um, Kessner saw the escapees and attempted to take action against them. The prisoners pulled him from his car, and Williams shot him. Just took care of him. Uh, Trooper Kessner returned fire at the fleeing suspects despite being mortally wounded. All right. Williams remained at large for 18 months, sending uh, taunting notes to authorities and making the FBI's 10 most wanted list. During that time, he murdered John uh, Buncheck in Scottsdale, Arizona, during a robbery and was connected to crimes in Colorado and Pennsylvania. After a shootout with federal agents at the George Washington Hotel in New York City in 1981, he was apprehended and returned to West Virginia to complete several life sentences. Arizona had sought his extradition for his execution, but as of 19th of September 2019, which is just a couple days ago, how weird is that? Yeah. He remains in West Virginia custody. Wow. So at the, uh, at the time, Marshall County Sheriff Robert Leitner was very critical about poor police communication during the break. The sheriff's office and local police did not learn about the escape from the state police. They first heard it. They first heard of it over the police scanner. Um, and he says, it was a good 20 minutes before we knew about the escape. If somebody had notified us, there's a good chance that the sheriff's department and the Moundsville police could have been on the scene while all the prisoners were still on the block. Was that a? <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't a better Falcon Leghorn. Uh, okay. <laughs> he was also critical of the four-state manhunt that followed when convicted murderers David Morgan and Ronald T. Williams, along with convicted rapist Harold Gowers Jr., remained at large. He says, "Quote: Communications have been very poor. I think they should keep the local law enforcement officers more informed. I have no idea what they're doing and what they found." So this is like the. <laughs> The, the the county sheriff you just know? pointing fingers yeah, left and right. Yeah, he's like these like, motherfuckers ain't telling me shit. <laughs> yeah, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. Yeah. No, it's your fault. This is bullshit. So so yeah, so there's a lot of history to this place. Obviously, since it was built in late 1800s, you know what I mean? Like it's it's just kind of cool. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about. So riots. January 1st, 1986 was the date of one of the most infamous riots in recent history. The West Virginia Penitentiary was undergoing many changes and problems. Security had been extremely loose in all areas since it was a cons prison. Most of the locks on the cells had been picked and inmates, excuse me, inmates roamed the halls freely. Bad plumbing and insects caused rapid spreading of various diseases. The prison was holding more than 2,000 men and crowding was an issue. Another major con- contribution to the riots cause was the fact that it was a holiday. Many of the officers had called off work and prisoners planned to conduct their uprising on this specific day. So these guys are, you know, there's less of them there. So they're like, Hey, Bill, we're going to do it this Tuesday. Or, so wait, was it a Tuesday? No, it doesn't. So, what did they Did they wait till like Christmas basically to like um, New Year's like, Day? It's, it was New Year's it, Day, yeah. New Year's Day? Yeah. So, who is. Oh, okay. I guess if you partied on New Year's Eve, even back then, New Year's Day would be like the hangover day. Right, right. right? Well, plus, they, people wanted to hang out with their family. So, at around 5 30 p.m., 20 inmates known as a group called the Avengers. And <laughs> which one was Iron Man? Which one do you. Do you who was Hulk? Uh, I like my Avengers. Storm the mess hall. Anyway, that was a bad joke. Storm the mess hall where Captain Glasshawk and others were on duty. 
What the fuck? Oh, nice. <laughs> Within seconds, he, Captain Glasshawk, five other officers, and food service worker were tackled and slammed to the floor. Inmates put knives to their throats and handcuffed them with their own handcuffs. Although several hostages were taken throughout the day, none of them were seriously injured. However, over the course of the two-day upheaval, three inmates were killed for an assortment of reasons. Hail Hydra! <laughs> the inmates who initiated the riot were not prepared to take charge of it. Danny Lemon, the Avengers president, was quickly agreed upon as best suited for the task of negotiating with the authorities and presenting the demands to the media. Yet, Lehman was not part of the 20 men who began the riot. Uh, Governor Arch A. Moore Jr. went to the penitentiary to talk to the inmates. This meeting set up a new list of rules and standards on which the prison would build. National and local news covered the story as well as the inmates meeting with Governor Moore. So these guys said, fuck it, we're going to do this. A bunch of them got killed and they had some reform for the place, right? Decommissioned. Toward the end of its life, as a, pris a prison, as a prison, as a prison, the facility was marked as uh, by many instances of riots and escapes, like we said. In the 1960s, the prison reached a peak population of about 2,000. With the building of more prisons, that number declined to 600 to 700 inmates. The fate of the prison was sealed in a 1986 ruling by the West Virginia Supreme Court, which stated that confinement to the five by seven room or foot room cells, excuse me, constituted cruel and unusual punishment. Now. All right, if, if you're in jail, do you should you really get an option? You know what I mean? Five by seven cell? Depends on who you're talking to. I yeah. mean, you know how that goes. Yeah, I guess it also depends on what you did. If you just got a little weed on you, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, I man, I was just smoking. I'm sorry. Right. Um, within nine years, West Virginia Penitentiary was closed as a prison. Most of the inmates were transferred to the Mount Olive Correctional Complex in Fayette County, West Virginia. A smaller correctional facility was built a mile away in Moundsville to serve as a regional jail. Okay, so now this place is fucking. So let's 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 set up. Let's let's set this up. You ready? Okay. Set the scene. So down there, in West Virginia, there is this little town called Moundsville, West Virginia, and they themselves brought forth a beautiful one of a kind state penitentiary, and them there boys down there. Nah, buddy. Boy, howdy. They were not happy with the conditions. So next thing you know, they're a-looting, they're a-fighting, they're a-riding. And they got what they wanted. Because them boys from down there, them was good old boys. Now, whether they were bad old boys, they're still good old boys. So that's right. And then next thing you know, them motherfuckers shot that damn thing down. Amen. <laughs> oh, Charlotte. All right. So now, harsh punishment... In 1886, prison officials were exposed for hiding whips and other items used to punish incorrigibles Ooh. from the state inspectors. <laughs> you okay there? <laughs> Maybe they were What kind of prison is this? <laughs> um, well, we know what prison you want to go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But after one of the superintendents resigned from the prison, he did a tell-all interview with the Inquirer. <laughs> As you would. Right. Exposing the violence and torture on inmates by prison officials. The following are excerpts from the interview describing the atrocities. All right. You got to say it like either Foghorn Leghorn yep. or like a really, really, would, really like down home. Yeah, West I would go board. down home for sure. Right. You ready? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. The Kick and Jenny. It is an instrument invented and built in the prison. It is made somewhat in the shape of a quarter circle with the highest end about three or four feet above the platform on which it is set. The prisoner is stripped butt-ass naked and bent over upon the machine. His feet are fastened to the floor with ropes, 
while his hands, which are stretched over the upper end, are tied with ropes attached to small blocks, by which a tension so strong that the frame of the prisoner can almost be torn in two and can be made with a slight pull. After the prisoner is placed in position, the superintendent, or whoever does the whipping, takes a heavy whip made of a sole leather, two, two pieces of which, about three feet long, are sewed together, and the ends scrape slightly rounding. The lash between three inches brought at the handle, tapering to a point. With the whip, the prisoner is beaten until he is almost dead. Or the, whip, or the strength of the man who is doing the whipping gives out. All right. That was the kicking Jenny is what they called that thing. That was pretty intense. It was, that was intense. You yeah. have a friend on your shoulder, by the way. Oh, it's just a little. Yeah, here. Boop. <laughs> Boop. Um, all right. So that was the one. That was the kicking Jenny. And so basically this thing was literally just like something that they, they built to put you over. And then they used a, a whip with pieces of leather and shit on the end of it and just beat you until you were pretty much dead. So if that little segment didn't give you nightmares, folks, we uh, we apologize. Mm. We we tried hard to instill the fear of the southern <laughs> culture. <laughs> South rise again, brother. Well, now 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 wait. There's more. Oh, there is. Yes. This time, this time, um, let's go with a different accent. All right. I All want right, you wait. to go. I want you to do the. I want you to do like a nice Indian accent for this one. Oh God, <laughs> we're doing Indian. Yeah, why Indian? That could be kind of funny. No English. English. That could be cool. Mm, whatever. Well. How about, this, this is southern. We got to keep it southern, right? Mm. How about foghorn leghorn then? Or we could always have Isaiah do it. Isaiah should be doing it. Actually, is 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 he around? I can go see. Yeah, right. Go see if he's out there. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, we'll have Isaiah do this last part here. If you guys don't know who Isaiah is, he actually does our segment for us. Oh, there he is. Isaiah. All right. Hey, how's it going? Hey there, everybody. How y'all doing out there? This out there. We're about to do this thing right there, okay? These fellas here at the Midnight Train, buddy. They, 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 I mean, I love you guys. Jeffrey, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, yeah. buddy. Yeah. Hey, How's right? your day going? Oh, man, you know, it ain't nothing but nothing. I'm just out there having a good old time. You know, I'm old. I'm old, so I can only do so much. Right. How you doing, young Riley? I'm good, Uncle you, Isaiah. How are you? You, you do not. Oh, man. I can't complain. I could, but no one's going to listen, right? Right? No one's going to listen. All right. So so this next one that they talk about right here, this one's called the shoe fly. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Here we go, folks. That infernal kicking Jenny was not the only instrument of torture. There was the shoe fly, an instrument so arranged that the victim could be placed with his feet in the stocks, his arms pinioned, and his head fastened so that he could not move it. Oh, that sounds horrible. Then someone would take the hose and turn the water full up upon the prisoner's face. That's like waterboarding. This was kept until the victim was partly strangled to death. Imagine a man receiving a stream of water from an inch nozzle full in the face without the power of changing its position. Then think of that stream being ice cold water and you can form an idea. Now, boys, I tell you what, I'm going to have me some nightmares over this one. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Isaiah, are you married? No, no, no. No, I wasn't. I, I, well, I once was. I was married to a woman, and, you know, things didn't work out. You know, I didn't like the way she cooked her sloppy, slimy eggs. You know, I didn't like it, and, and I had to I had to do something about it, so I just I, I up and left, and now I'm on my own. I guess we're just wondering where you get the time to, to learn all these stories. Oh, I'm retired. 
Oh, what did you do for a living? Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, I can't talk about that. <laughs> Not here. Y- y'all don't want to hear that story. All right. Well, we appreciate it. All right. Well, I tell you what, boys. Thank you guys very much for having me in here. And listen, for all you listeners out there, if you ain't listening to crazy old Isaiah's abnormal news, you need to jump on the website there and do it. Okay? All, all right. right. Blessed be. All right. Take care, buddy. All right. Isaiah, have a good one, buddy. Man, that dude's crazy as fuck. He, he's uh, definitely a, a unique character. Yeah, he's nuts. So now, damn, he's so exhausting. <laughs> so now let's get to some executions. Do you guys remember or have you ever heard of um, old Sparky? The electric chair? Correct. So this is where, basically, this shit started happening with this. So from 1899 to 1959, 94 men were executed at the prison. Okay? Hanging was the initial method of execution until 1949, with 85 men meeting that fate. The public could attend hangings, which were public until June 19, uh, 19th of 1931. On that date, Frank Heyer was executed for murdering his wife. When the trap door beneath him was open and his full weight settled into the noose, he was instantly decapitated. So, okay, so you're going to a public execution where people, you know, People want to see these people die because he's like, ah, we hate this motherfucker. You know what I mean? And he's up on top of the the thing. And apparently he must have been a heavy guy or whatever it was. And he drops and his whole fucking head comes off. That's awesome. I mean, but they used to allow like, you know, what year was this? 1931? Yeah, they would allow like kids, women, shit like that to come in and watch this. And you're just. They were in their Sunday best, you know, this was an event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Eldred, get ready. We're going down to the hanging. <laughs> um, so following this event attendance at hangings was uh, by invitation only imagine having to get onto that list like what do you have to do to be on the A list to get into the hangings the VIP know? yeah well typically it's probably either you have something to do with um, the uh, case it's the same thing with the executions now you have to either be involved in a case or a victim or a family member of a victim um, the last man executed by hanging Bud Peterson from Logan County was buried in the prison cemetery because his family refused to claim the body <laughs> Man, what no do you gotta do shit. for that? <laughs> no, y'all keep him. Yeah. That we son don't of want a bitch. Him. We didn't like him. So beginning in 1951, electrocution became the means of execution. The electric chair, nicknamed Old Sparky, used by the prison, was originally built by an inmate there, Paul Glenn. <laughs> the inmates did everything. You notice this? <laughs> but dude, he had to have been hated. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He he invented the device yeah like hey uh fellas can i sit next to you guys uh during lunch hell no paul you, you know what i got a meeting with next week <laughs> yeah oh fucking sparky thanks a lot bud so <laughs> nine men were electrocuted before the state prohibited capital punishment entirely in 1965 the original chair is on display in the facility and is included in the official tour yeah so you can actually go and check out where all these dudes got zapped I'll let you sit uh, on it uh, huh did they let you sit on it uh i don't know they might that'd be weird a little macabre I'd do it do you think there's like stains on it <laughs> I don't know I mean they do say when you die you shit yourself and you piss yourself your bowels release right? right here so I mean if you're in a chair then don't they say that they have to put a mask over you because like your ears and eyes and everything will start bleeding or your eyes will like burst yeah yeah like, it'll explode with dude, lightning like we should doing? totally run a train on the electric chair I think that'd be cool all right so let's get to some spooky shit here since I did all that freaking legwork. <laughs> so, hauntings. Dun, dun, dun. I should talk like this the entire time. Right? Does it sound spooky this way? 
No. <laughs> so established in the year of 1866, this facility imprisoned 190 years worth of inmates. Hauntings were reported as early as the 1930s. In this particular instance, guards that kept an eye out for possible escapees would see an inmate walking along the grounds near the area that was considered to be maintenance. When these, guard, when these guards set off the alarms and, invest, and, and investigated the area more closely, it was determined that there was no living inmate outside the structure. It was during this time that this haunted prison became um, reputed for having spirits. There is a haunting that is especially frightening that occurs within the walls of the Moundsville prison in West Virginia. I don't, I don't know why I said it that way. In West Virginia. Uh, this particular spirit is commonly referred to as the Shadow Man. This is because he most often lurks in the midst of the shadows that cast their shade among the halls and cells in the structure. In addition to this, it is said that there are no visible uh, features to witnesses of this ghostly apparition. He seems to be composed entirely of dark, ominous of a dark, ominous shadow that is highly intimidating to those that lay eyes on him. It is not known who this being may be. Many believe it may be a guard that kept uh, kept check on cells in his life, and then there are others who believe that this may be an inmate trying to find his way out of the darkness that his soul is lost in. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Shadow man. Uh, you guys hear about these shadow people? It's like a big thing that people say they see all the time. Kind of like that. But it's like a supernatural, like, multiple person sighting thing that uh, we shouldn't maybe talk about. Shadow people. Look it up. You guys will figure it out. Thousands of individuals have been housed at the haunted prison during their lifetime. According to the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures... Mm, because that's reputable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is estimated that nearly 1,000 of these individuals passed away while being incarcerated at the facility. To the individuals who have worked at this structure, those that have researched it, and those that have simply visited the haunted prison, it is, believes, it is believed most, if not all, of the deceased spirits linger in and around this immensely ominous structure in Whisper by God. It is not unusual for someone to personally witness an intimidating apparition hear a frightening noise, feel as if they are being watched, or for someone to feel... <laughs> for someone to feel... <laughs> oh, God, did we get you? No. Oh, oh, okay. Someone to feel as if they are being followed. <laughs> Legends tell us that when the Moundsville prison was constructed, the land that it was built upon once belonged to a group of Native Americans. The Native Americans had constructed a unique burial ground to honor their dead on the land. When ground was broke to start the construction on the Moundsville prison, the construction crew actually built the facility on top of the sacred burial ground. You moved the stones, <laughs> but you left the graves. Yeah, that's that's how movies, yeah, that's, that's how you get poltergeist, people. It's your fault. It is believed that the negative energy emerged from the deceased Native Americans infiltrated the prison, resulting in many paranormal and unusual events that occurred there. The ground had been blessed for those buried there, but an ancient curse was left upon the land to those that disrupted the rest of the Native Americans. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> All right, so these are some of the more popular um, haunted things about this place. So how are we feeling about it so far? What do you think about the, the Moundsville prisoner? You know, it's it's very, very possible given all the crazy stuff that's going on in this place. You know, I mean... For back in that day, being tortured all the time, people dying left and right, dying from diseases, and just like you know, living in small yeah, quarters like together, tortured, with each other. basically. Yeah, I mean, you're those are definitely not. And now you got an Indian burial ground on top yeah. of it. It's like, yeah, if there ever was a plot for a haunting movie, <laughs> yeah, this is exactly. it. Exactly, seems kind of like like a Stephen King setup to a 
Yeah, like book, yeah, you know? it's it's like Shawshank meets Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, like the perfect storm of yeah. scariness. We should just write a movie. You guys want to write a movie? Yeah, we'll call it the Shawshank Poltergeist. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be horrible. That'd be a horrible title. The Poltergeist Redemption. The Poltergeist. The, the Poltershank. The Poltershank Redemption. Okay, <laughs> we're getting way off track here. All right, so. The first one here is uh, a maintenance man who lived in the basement. He's often seen by the living wandering around the, ba- the bathroom area of the basement. Most often, uh, he's the most often seen ghost. And uh, the, ma- the maintenance man made it his hobby to report the wrongdoings of inmates to the guards. So he's a fucking snitch. Snitches get stitches. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? If we learn anything from Joe Pesci. That's right. Snitches get stitches. So, which must have made him feel important and superior. The inmates got together and shivved him with homemade knives while he was sitting on the toilet. What a way to go out. <laughs> Just taking a poop. Like, oh, God. Ah! <laughs> that, that, was that actual footage? That was. Oh, no, but I should have had a <laughs> at the end. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, number two. Um, Arvel Paul Atkins is thought to haunt the gallows area. Now, if you don't know what the gallows are, the gallows are where they used to hang people. Hanging from the gallows right. pole. Doom, so doom, it was a big uh, construct that had nooses on it. It could be one noose. It could be multiple nieces. Nooses. Nieces. Um, yeah. it, you know, it could be, you know, just whatever. So it was a wooden structure that had a platform underneath it, and then they'd pull the trigger, and then, and that's where that Holy person. Santa Claus shit. Just like that. Yeah. So one of the many botched hangings, he was up on the scaffold, but the trap door opened prematurely and he fell down through the hole, landing on his head, becoming badly injured. The guards took him back up on the scaffold and hung him correctly this time. Oh, dude, I would be pissed (laughs) as a ghost. You could tell why he's wanting to do this. That's insane. Ah, that sucks. Yeah, pretty much. Poor dude. Poor Arvel Paul Atkins. Um, Inmate Roberts. Uh, haunts his cell block and the room where he met his death. It was reported that his body was uh, buried behind a wall. Uh, the Cincinnati Inquirer no, uh, from November 30th, 1886 reported that many deaths were caused by the wardens who had been known to torture misbe- misbehaving uh, inmates with ice cold water, like we talked about before, in the uh, face while being held in stocks. They were, uh, the really bad inmates were given uh, with uh, were given with near... Well, that was typed wrong. Oh, the, the kicking Jenny. We talked about that. All right, so the last one here is we kind of touched on the sugar shack earlier. All right, there's just different parts of this place that these things happened at. And uh, I, I believe I thought I had more in here, but I think I uh, got fucking whatever. So the sugar shack was a room that was created for the purpose of recreation for the inmates when outside weather conditions would not permit them to go outdoors. This room was in the basement area of the immense structure. Today, many investigations lead to a paranor- uh, lead to paranormal discoveries in this particular area. So this is like it's mostly there because these people used to hang out there, you know. Sometimes witnesses can hear people arguing and talking, while at other times, only distant whispers can be heard. Many unexplained noises and cold spots can also be felt in this particular area. Yeah, so that's Sugar Shack. So yeah, so this place is, is I, I really want to, it's not that far away. I think it's like maybe three or four hours away. We should totally just take a ride up there to do the tour yes check it out you know? yeah. next time we go down to see Papaw, we should do that yeah we should yeah that, that's a good idea we'll go down uh stop we'll stop down there and do that i can't be too far from clinton right eh, a couple hours away because wheeling's like I, I think wheeling's up north when we got to go south i don't know maybe maybe not so anyway how do we feel about this one fellas i know it's not as spooky as our normal ones but i think it's a really cool backstory and especially considering that all of the shit that is you know piled up together I like how it's open-ended, so I like how 
there's not a lot of detail. It's, you know, our typical stories that we do, there's an oversaturation of details and stories and they, none of them like coincide with each other. It's all just like here and there and everywhere. I like how this one is more together. It's more, it seems more organized and there's not a lot of detail. So that kind of leaves it open. to actually maybe having potential of something there. I would assume that let's just say hypothetically that, you know, with an open mind, if something, if ghosts were to whatever or supernatural or paranormal or whatever, again, I think this is the perfect Storm. starting point. Yeah, yeah, this is this is exactly how, sure. this is exactly where it would be. I mean, you got a, a, an ancient Indian burial ground that has a curse on it. So that right there, that's that's. I don't know how many damn Now, let me ask you, books. is it like a tour thing? Is it kind of like Mansfield where you have to like set up, you have to pay to get in and like yeah. tour it? Yeah. Okay. So it is like a controlled yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. area now. But the rooms and stuff are pretty much untouched. So like some of them are, you can actually go online and you can see pictures of it, which is, it's awesome if you get a chance to look at it. Like, okay. That the, um, the hangman's gallow is still there where the trap door was. Really? They never got rid of it. So it's still there. So if you look at that, that's, it's, it's just eerie knowing that what I say, 90 some people or 80 some people got killed on, that way. You know what I mean? I mean, that's that's freaking crazy, you know? So, um, yeah, that's still there. So I think if anyone's around the, uh, you know, West Virginia area and you know, Ohio area or whatever, you should take a ride over there and check it out. West Virginia. But just remember to keep and uh, get your uh, Amazon uh, Ghost Hunters kit first before you go. Oh, you have to have that. I mean, you, you want the, the little radar kit for 20 bucks, you know? Was it the EKG meter Egon called it from Ghostbusters? Yes. Yeah, it comes with one of those. Riley, you should get one of those. That should be like your Christmas present for like Secret Santa. Yeah. Or maybe a date. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> hey, that reminds me. The bidding is still going on for the Halloween date for Riley. We have to make sure that we're still doing what we need to do and getting the bids in for Riley to get his date. Um, you know, just go on to yes, you can. <laughs> just go on to our uh, Facebook page or our group on there. It's a uh, you know. It's a it's a little hidden group. Yeah, where all of you train riders, passengers, whatever you want to call it, the guys can hang out. And I it's, think it's by fun. this point in time, it's a bookmarked post. Yes, it is. So it's kind of like an so. ongoing thing. Yeah, we're we're really strict. We 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 really want to find the right perfect match for this magic to occur. It's she a lightning in a bottle, folks. Listen, so you can only catch it once. She doesn't have to be Mrs. Wright. She just needs to be Mrs. Right now. Right. So, right. Do you agree? Guys, I'm looking for love. <laughs> <laughs> looking Hello. for love in all the wrong places. So, no, you should uh, definitely go out there if you're a young lady who just wants to go and, you know, go to a haunted house. Um, I, I think you would could be, go with Riley. I mean, he'll hold your hand. He'll keep you nice and cozy so you don't get scared. And he'll be like, I got a boner. <laughs> and then you're good to go. <laughs> oh, he's- Oh my god! Yeah, post. that's that's what he does. That's hilarious. Doo, doo, doo. Yeah. So uh, if you're going, you know, where's that from? Onto the website, it's McLovin. Oh, okay. yeah, it's McLovin. What do you mean? Where's that from? It's McLovin. Because bro. I fucking rule. <laughs> so I'm trying to actually look right now in my in my thing here. Where um, Eva? You guys know Eva, our one of our awesome friends slash fans. She actually sent me over something for a haunted house. Really? That I believe is actually owned and operated by my friend Rick. Oh, good for you. <laughs> you son of a, you son of a bitch. Anyway, 
We need to get Riley a date. And in saying that, I do want to go to this haunted house as well. I think it'd be fun. I, th- I think John and I are going to follow kind of in the footsteps just to capture the, uh, the amazing footage yeah, yeah, that good idea. could possibly I happen. Should. I think you take a couple GoPros. I'll take a couple GoPros. We'll get different angles. The only thing is we need uh, like some boom mics so we can capture up close sound. <laughs> He's just sitting there talking and all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> the boom mic smacks him in the head. Damn it, guys. Yeah, we, we need to make that happen. I don't sound like that. <laughs> you Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when Riley was younger, I used to have a voice for him because because he was always kind of a little, little nerdy guy, and I, yeah. and I loved it, and I love him for being nerdy. But then he was like, "Oh, hey guys, how you doing? You know, hey Dad, huh? what are you doing?" <laughs> and but the thing is, now he's he, not happy. He's almost twenty one now, you know, and I still make that voice for him. You know, I mean, he's my little boy. He's my little boy. Yeah, you got to little boy. Anyway, one so day gonna... he's just gonna punch you. He's gonna come out <laughs> nowhere and be like. I feel like they're being like super slow motion punch yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. All right. So listen, I wanted to talk about this. We talked about it. We rode a train on the West Virginia State Penitentiary. I think it was it was cool. It was cool. It's got a lot of really cool stories out there. And, uh, you know, it it's defin- open. It's an open story yeah. right now. I definitely think that if there were to be um, poltergeist, that that's definitely a place where they would be found. So what do you guys think? Jeff? Uh, yeah. So I definitely love I want I want to go check it out and see what it's all about. I love that it, again that it's an, an open story. There's there's not a lot going on, so there is stuff that we could prob- possibly un- uncover and discover and all that. Um, also, if anybody listening has actually been by or to this place or has stories about this place, please let us know. We would love to hear it. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, you know, listeners down there that are in and around that area, if you've ever been there, or if you know of any local stories that maybe haven't made like you know headlines or you know, if you had a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend that got slapped in the face by a ghost dick or something like that, just, you know, I don't know. I mean, does that stuff happen? It's possible. It's possible. We don't know. We don't, we don't know. We don't. It could happen. It could, it could possibly happen. Like, you know, ghost dicks, ghost mushroom stamp, yeah. stamps, whatever. I also want to uh, reiterate the fact that, so we're trying really, really, really hard for, to get this date going. Oh my God. And I feel like. I feel like people aren't taking us seriously like that we are really serious. So, Riley, I just want you to... Can you take a quick minute here and just kind of describe yourself, like the hobbies you're into, um, things you like to do? Just, I mean, you, we got to give the listeners a little bit of uh, a taste of what's to come. Can you Can you do that? Yeah, I got All you. right, go ahead. Hello, ladies. There's no music. What's going on, Jeff? <laughs> there it is. Late. It's too late. I'll just ruin it. No, do it. You got it now. All right, so, uh, you know, I, uh, I like long walks on the beach. So, what do you do for hobbies? I play with stamps. Play with stamps? Yes. Like, stamps that go on envelopes? Yes. I play with stamps. Really? Yes. I don't collect them. I play with them. What kind of food do you like to eat? Mushrooms. So okay, that that apparently this is like the version of Lionel Richie. Hello, where it's like a, a documentary, I guess. Thanks YouTube for that epic fail. <laughs> Anyways, listeners, you get the idea. He's lonely. He needs a date. Oh, it would have been so. It would have been so good. Oh wait, wait. Here we go. I oh, picked stop. the wrong. I picked like the making of hello video. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who the hell cares? Here we go. Here we go. So, uh, Riley, if you were to take out suitor number two, where would your date begin? At the Moundsville Mounds. 
Because hopefully she'd let me play with her Moundsville mounds. Well. Well. What if you were to be a gentleman and not do creepy things? <laughs> <laughs> then I would do be nothing like my father. Oh, okay. okay. Son of a bitch. Uh, well, we're just going to let this play out as we close the show here. All right. So we need to get Riley a big old date to go to this haunted house. It's a must happen. It must happen. So listen, we are the Midnight Train Podcast. And of course, you can find us at the Midnight Train Podcast.com. That is our absolute awesome website it's been renovated updated and all that stuff you can send us emails at our to the midnight train podcast at gmail.com you can also find us on facebook instagram twitter and anywhere you know and social media we're everywhere um listen on spotify on apple music uh, anywhere you listen to, to anything on google and the google shits get on that youtube yeah get on Give YouTube. Us some likes some yeah. subscribes follow on the rabbit hole yeah. share it to your friends we do some funny stuff. Hey, Riley is all over the videos. This is only going to help out. Maybe you have a girlfriend. Maybe you are a girl and you have a girlfriend, you know, that one single lady that just can't find a man. Well, we have the man. Okay? All the single ladies, all the single ladies. So all you got to do is connect this bridge. That's right. And he'll take you on a walk on the beach. And ladies and gentlemen, from the Midnight Train Podcast, on behalf of Riley's future date, you have a blessed night. And as always, Choo choo, motherfuckers. Hello. I've just got to let you know. Cause I wonder where you are. Sky Pilots. Dance with the Phoenix.